What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of FilmmakerU.com. Every week we bring you an interview with a film professional to discuss the craft of filmmaking. And of course, this week is no different. I'm interviewing Peter Albrechtson, whose work on Evil Dead Rise is something to hear. You'll want to check it out because he gets really into, how should we say, the gross stuff. <laughs> so if you love Evil Dead and you love horror movies, this is definitely something to check out. And of course, if you like these interviews, be sure to check out filmmaking.com's courses where we bring in the industry best to discuss the craft and show their secrets to you. You can get 10% off at filmmakeru.com using the promo code THECUTTINGROOM. All one word, the cutting room. Now with all that said, let's hear what Peter has to say about working on Evil Dead Rise. I guess my first question for you is how did you get involved with this project? The director, Lee Cronin, is Irish and um, his one of his best friends is an Irish sound designer who recommended me for this job. And then Lee reached out to me and um, just from the first time that we were talking, it was just like we were so much in sync. Like the way that Lee is incredibly passionate about sound and um, we just had this kind of like affinity, like this feeling that there was this close connection and um, a lot of the same kind of like qualities and the way that we were both I mean in love with sound as a storyteller it just like it just felt like we were I mean closely connected from the very beginning well it's it's interesting because I like when I watched this it felt very much like the sound is almost playing a part in the storytelling or is like utilized as a storytelling tool. So I'm wondering, how did you work with the editing team to make sure that they had the tools so that the sound was ready for you? I mean, it was incredible just from the first time I read the script, read Lee's script. Lee was also the script writer. There was so much sound written into the script. I don't think I ever experienced a script with so much sound written into it. And not just like small descriptive details but where the sound is actually a part of the storytelling the the actual like the actual storytelling happens through the sound so um, it was really evident that i needed to be part of the process from very early on so when the picture editing started then i started doing sound i mean we pretty much started up all at the same time lee and the picture editor brian shaw and me and they started out in New Zealand where they were shooting the film. And then they moved to Ireland where uh, Lee is based. And I was working from here in Copenhagen, my studio here in Copenhagen. And then we sent sketches back and forth all the time and had lots of Zoom meetings and all these. Um, and um, then I think four months after four months of that, then I came to Ireland for a couple of months. And then we finished up doing two months of mixing in Dolby Atmos here in here in Copenhagen. So it was eight months for me, all in all. How did you approach designing some of these gore sounds and sort of scary, gross sounds? I mean, it's so much fun because 
sound is such a like such a big part of horror. If if you don't want to be scared of a horror film, you shouldn't really like hold like your fingers in front of your eyes. You should hold them in your ears because so much of the horror comes from the sound. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was um, because there was so much sound written into the script. Then already when I read the script, it's it was almost like a grocery list of all these things I needed to record and get hold of all these different sounds that was needed to tell the story. And um, then, I mean, we just started going. There were so many sequences where like, where sound was such an important thing. And um, and the thing when like doing these gross things, like these bloody, bloody, <laughs> gruesome sounds, a lot of that is actually sounds of vegetables and fruits and like, like we found out mandarins had a really nice sound for like bloody stuff. And there's this classic things, classic thing of using celery for broken bones, stuff like that. But then also on top of that, I mean, on top of all the classic gross sounds in this film, there was so much like just weird, crazy, abstract sounds going on all the time to create this new supernatural feeling. And um, a lot of that was built on all kinds of recordings that we did. I really like going out and recording lots and lots and lots and lots of sounds and then manipulating manipulating them in all kinds of weird ways. So, I mean, a scene like the headbutt on the door which is something that's quite simple in a way. It's just like the ghost like the, or the demon kind of like Ellie hitting like her head into the door. Something like that was then, I mean, I took, I, 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 I did a recording of just me hammering on a door, but then I used a plugin to kind of like make other sounds sound like a, 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 some, something hitting a door. So... I used a train sound. I used hand grenades. I used like subharmonic distortion. I used all these kind of different elements that, because they're all organic, they have this kind of real feeling to them. But in a way, it's so like unreal in a way, but it just feels very gritty and very real. And that was important for us to kind of get that feeling of really being there in this tiny apartment with these characters that just got molested. Now you brought up the tiny apartment, but I do have one question first. How did you do the cheese grater on the face scene? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun because recently, like I, I had to go back and, and, and listen to a few of the sequences in the film. And um, I found out that on top of what, we did with like screeching, like squelching, like vegetables and so on. Then there's actually also the sound of a Tasmanian devil in there. So it has this animalistic scream, which kind of comes together with the other sounds. So it gets this it's really like, oh my God. It's this way of kind of using organic sounds, but in a very 
intense and very kind of upfront way and very in a way it's very experimental but it's also very shocking because you don't know what hits you you mentioned the small room and when i was doing research for this i found that lee the director had said that he wanted sort of like a contained horror movie but because it's inside you know you're contained within doors but he wanted that feeling of it being vast and sort of having like a large space, but within a contained world. So I'm wondering how you did that with, with the dynamics and creating that sort of feeling of being contained, but also giving us that vast uh, world. Yeah. So the idea was that like in the, in this small space, kind of making everything feel big, uh, so you get this kind of claustrophobic feeling of being in a small space, but everything is like really powerful and visceral. And we did that by often for a lot of the elements in the film, we recorded something that was a bit bigger than what you actually see. So when she turns on the stove in the kitchen, that's actually the sound of a giant barbecue, the biggest barbecue we could find like this. <laughs> Like really having like big sounds there for smaller things in a way so that everything kind of becomes big. Um, but then at the same time, it was also about how we mixed the film. So it's mixed in Dolby Atmos, which is this amazing surround format where you kind of like there's sound all around you also from the ceiling. So we really played around with like having sounds envelop you constantly. And like there's, it's co constantly raining outside in the film. So the rain is sometimes on the side, but it's also on the, like coming from above you. The sounds um, are kind of like moving into the room. I mean, like when you open a door, it's not just like something that happens up front. It's the door like comes through the whole room. I mean, we do it from the very beginning of the film when the Warner Brothers logo comes up and kind of moves through the air, kind of moves through the whole auditorium. Kind of just um, so everything becomes very big and physical, and it feels like you're inside these locations. I mean, even when you watch through the peephole and you just see this, I mean, it's it's very very tiny. But then we make it giant, like we make it really big through the sound. So it feels like you're inside Then the perspective is all distorted and sounds flow around you. So we really, we, 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 we really play around with the acoustics and we play around with the perspective and we make something that's small like very immersive. I was thinking about the Atmos and one of my questions was going to be like, how do you build tension with Atmos? But I guess also like we have a lot of young people who are just getting their career started watching these. So like, what would your advice be to young people who haven't experienced Atmos yet in terms of sound designing, but like from a sound designing perspective, what should they take into account? I think uh, Atmos is amazing because it creates this enveloping feeling, which is very natural. I mean, and one thing is that Atmos can be very, very powerful because it's like full frequency sound all around you. But it's also at the same time, it it's 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 very, very detailed. I mean, it's very precise so that you can have a sound that comes like moves all around you and really like 
And that can, if you use that wrong or like become too kind of like sounds just like being out there for no reason at all, then it becomes too much. It can kind of become like, it can take your attention away from the screen. What is important is that a film like Evil Dead, you can tell that Lee Cronin directed this film thinking about that there was a sound world around the screen. So the sound doesn't just stop where the screen stops, the sound continues. And I think it's important when you work in Atmos to really think about like, how do we use this format? So it's not just something where, well, we have uh, uh, 60 new channels, we can just do everything and sounds can fly all around you. It has to come from the story. And the incredible thing about Evil Dead Rise was that Lee, well, like he was thinking about sound when he wrote the script and he was thinking about like, okay, so there's so many scenes, like there's the vinyl scene where you hear like, the, and these voices from the vinyl comes like from all around you. There's a scene with like, um, Ellie kind of crawling on the on above them on the on in the in the vent, and there's like like there's the book which like comes alive through sound. Uh, there's the elevator scene where Ellie is just alone in the elevator. There's no one else, and then it's just sound like pushing her around. And all of these scenes are made in a way where sound really like sound creates the story around the characters and because it's like that then atmos just feels so natural because the atmos soundscape just feels like it comes out of the story well it's it's interesting because when we were talking about story before one of the things i found when i was looking at lee's interviews was that he said he wanted to do exposition through sound. I was wondering if you guys had talked about that or what he sort of means by that. Yeah, so for example, there's, I, mean, I mentioned the vinyls, the these records that they find in this um, vault and they have all this these priests, this priest that is talking. And that priest talking is, I mean, he's telling you a lot of story. Like he's kind of like, it's really like a lot of kind of story points told through what he's saying, but you don't really see it as like boring storytelling because it's made in a way where it's experienced through the sound so that you experience like, Oh, you hear this voice? Wow, this is interesting. Whoa, and it sounds really gritty. And okay, what's going on? What kind of place is this? What kind of recording is this? And whoa, this is really fascinating. And that all those thoughts goes through the audience like mind when listening to this, and it becomes really like, whoa, wow, what's going on? So all this dialogue that is really like. I mean, if it was a character coming in the door and then telling you all these things, it would be the most boring thing ever. But now it becomes like, feels like very filmic. It's very, it's it's really creative sonic storytelling. I heard this and I don't know if it's true. So maybe you can 
clarify it with me, but I heard that you guys vocalize some of the practical sounds. Is that true? And what does that involve? There's so many tricks in this film that I even, like, even I forgot half of them. But yeah, what we did was that from the beginning, Lee had this idea that we should use a voice a little bit like in The Exorcist, where when the girl gets possessed, then her voice changes and her voice changes into not something that is pitched down or like an animal or something like that. It's actually a human voice, but an, an old woman's voice. Very rusty, deep, dark, amazing voice. Mercedes McCrabridge, um, who created this unique voice in The Exorcist. And we talked about that voice from the beginning. Like, could we have somehow a voice, <coughs> a voice creating the demon's voice? And um, then I worked together with a Danish singer, Jenny Rosanda Lutmore is her name when she's on doing albums. She's actually a pop singer, but I knew that she could do all these crazy things with her voice. So uh, we did several kind of voice recording sessions where she came in and did all these crazy things with her voice, which was really amazing. And one thing is that apart from like all the weird demonic screams and all of that, I I thought it would be interesting if she also kind of replicated like some of the actual sounds that were made so that instead of like when, when a cable in the elevator kind of breaks and it's like, then instead of using an, an actual sound effect for that, then use her voice for that so that it even the cable is somehow possessed or like when the blood seeks into the book, the book of the dead, then it's not uh, the sound of any any liquid. It's the sound of her her weird, like a weird sound from her throat. So it's these things where we use vocals instead of using actual sound effects. I mean, then sometimes I manipulate her voice a lot and stuff like that, but it was an interesting way of kind of creating character to all these props in the film. Um, Lee has this thing where like pretty much every prop you see in the film, later on in the film, it becomes some kind of demonic thing or like it's used in a very bloody evil way. So every prop in the film also has its own characteristic sound. So, I mean, not just the book, but also, I mean, like um, the door, I mentioned the door earlier, like um, uh, the, the, yeah, the book, the, the, the records, the, like all of these different like props that <laughs> later on in the film becomes evil the the stuff that makes evil things now i have one last question for you what would you say is your favorite guilty pleasure film or tv show to watch <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> i've got kids like who like in i mean who they are now 11 and 13 but we've been watching a lot of like kids stuff and uh, i must say that the uh, 
one of, I mean, I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure, but watching up together with them and just sitting there crying in the couch, like first 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's one of my favorite films but then at the same time it's just like my kids are always like dad what is happening to you while i'm sitting there with tears in my eyes <laughs> yeah so so that's a lot of the guilty pleasures around here has been like really watching kids stuff but i also then at the same time i there's there's quite a lot of good kids stuff out there so i don't know if it's a guilty pleasure or not but um uh, I actually like watching bad movies sometimes, and it's it's. I feel this thing where, I mean, this for some people, for some film lovers, it's like either you watch really intellectual stuff, and then over here it's all the popcorn stuff, and I'm always like, I want to be able to watch a Brazilian avant-garde movie, and then. Mm-hmm. The next movie I'll watch will be Transformers or something. I've always been like that, kind of like stealing tricks from both popcorn movies and abstract art movies. I really love going back and forth between them. And I think I love that kind of inspiration where you can just, I mean, get inspired by Terrence Malick and Michael Bay. I mean, it's, it's like the the limits to where you can get inspiration is only in your in your brain i mean i really i really love watching sometimes watching some horrible movies and then getting some wonderful ideas from that any ideas that you've you've taken that you're really proud of that you can let us know about i i actually like while we were mixing the film it was while the northman was playing in the cinema in copenhagen and we went out to watch it and I really enjoyed that film. A crazy film, crazy epic, like just over the top movie. But it had so much like really creative sound design. And there was there were these kind of like weird abstract sequences where it almost felt like you were inside the belly of someone, or like it was like almost like inside a human being somehow. Mm-hmm. And that was where I got the idea that. There's a scene in the film where where Ellie, the the mother, kind of like suddenly can hear that there's a little baby inside of Beth's belly. Oh, interesting. That idea came from watching The Northman. And then I remembered I, I recorded this the the sound of my son's heart while he was inside his mother's inside his mother, like 10 15 years ago and i used that sound for that moment so now he's a famous uh (laughs) (laughs) now my son is a part of evil dead rise yeah exactly i'm proud of that (laughs) well thank you so much for letting me interview you this week thank you it was a pleasure being part of this so that was my interview with peter i'd like to thank him for allowing me to interview him today i'd also like to thank my editor evan winch as well as my producer jason banky i'm gordon burkell thanks for listening